What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 119 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother from the same mother, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And, of course, we got also joining us today... Uh, let's see. Let's go with this one. The Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, looking for a few good PPs for a few good DPs. <laughs> the tag teaming, double creaming. You take the front, he'll take the back. You'll be dancing all night, sack to sack. The phenomenal AJ Singh. Uh, all of that is false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Except the sack to sack. <laughs> yeah, that, that part's true. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, this is another one of those shows where we don't have time for any small talk. Why? Because we just got out of the theater watching Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And it was quite good. Uh, but we'll get into all of that. Um, so anyone who hasn't watched any of our reviews, uh, we're going to do kind of a, uh overall spoiler-free general uh, review. And then we'll do a more detailed uh, plot breakdown and, and all that with all the good spoilery goodness. Uh, but just for the uh, kind of overall, uh, you know, surface level review, uh, let's go to the old Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and we'll start with the plot synopsis. Uh, in Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Queen Ramonda, Shuri, Mbaku, Okoye, and the Dora Milaje fight to protect their nation from uh, intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with the help of war dog Nakia and Everett Ross and forge a new path for the kingdom of Wakanda. Uh, the movie was directed by Ryan Coogler, stars Letitia Wright as Shuri, Angela Bassett as Ramonda, Lapita Nyong'o as Nakia, uh, Tanakh Hirta, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing mispronouncing that as Namor, uh, Denai Guerrera as Okoye, and Winston Duke as Mbaku. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, what did you guys feel overall? Uh, uh, Lester, I'll start with you. I was bored as fuck. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> you seriously fell asleep? <laughs> I fell asleep. What the fuck? <laughs> I like this. It was movie. boring and predictable, man. Predictable. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? I had no idea where it was going. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you feel this way because, like, I thought it was just going to be a straight across the board. Everybody liked it. <laughs> um, this surprises me, but yeah, we'll get into it. AJ, what do you think? I liked it. I liked it. Uh, there was a lot of talking in the middle. I, I do. I know you can get overloaded with action, but I thought they could have spruced in a little bit of action in between. <laughs> That's maybe a valid criticism. There, there are some chunks of this movie where, yeah, the action was sparse, but I thought it was well written, and and yeah. I actually liked the dialogue. Yeah, know? I mean, it it dealt a lot with like loss and like you know, there's a lot of loss in this movie, so it's pretty heavy in that sense. As far as the like predictability thing, I at least thought it was um, more nuanced than a, a lot of movies, and uh, we'll get into it. But I thought Namor. At least wasn't um, you know a must mustache twirling villain in, in the way that a lot of villains are. Right. I thought he was a little more layered, which I appreciate. Um, I don't know. I think it was smarter than you're giving it credit for. But uh, maybe you slept through the good parts. <laughs> uh, um, I'll also say, performance wise, like I thought everyone was good, but like you know, 
This was a delicate movie to make for them to have to like kind of incorporate Chadwick Boseman's no, death no. into it, and I thought they did a really good job of that. And Angela Bassett, who plays the queen and his mom, I thought she was fucking great. Yeah, um, she was strong. She had some scenes that were I'm like, goddamn, she's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but really, I thought everyone pulled their weight, and, and uh, um, you know, Letitia Wright had to kind of take uh, center stage, and I thought she she did a good job. Uh, really, across the board, I thought everyone was pretty damn strong here. Um, so yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't know how much more you guys want to get into before we get into like really strong spoilers. I think we better go because this is gonna take way too long. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so yeah, everyone, uh, from this point on, uh, spoiler territory. Uh, but let's be honest, that's probably why you came here. That's the the fun part. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna need your guys' help because this was over. It is a long and very dense movie. Actually, let me check the runtime. Uh, man, two hours forty one minutes. So it oh, was boy. it was a beast. But it was yeah, it was good. Um, okay, so we we start the movie off right away. Um, we're t- kind of told, you know, off screen that uh, T'Challa is basically on life support. He he fell to some sort of illness. Uh, you know, they never mention him. Um, but uh, Shuri's uh, kind of desperately trying to um, save his life. She's in her lab. Um, she's like, we can see, like, they kind of have a visual of his DNA. And she keeps, like, trying these different, like, combinations. We don't know exactly what she's doing. Was it DNA? I, I mean, it was just, like, some abstract thing where she was, like, moving balls around. It came up a lot of times in the movie. Well, I think it is because there's a scene later on in the movie where she asked the computer to bring up his DNA, and it brings up that same thing of the white oh, balls and the double helix formation. It didn't look like a helix to me. It just looks like a blob of balls. In that beginning scene, I don't think it shows it quite as well, but in that later scene, it does. and it, okay. it, It's definitely like a double helix. Anyway, she's like running these different simulations. And she's like, "What are the chances, computer? Like this will work or whatever?" And it's it's like a really low percentage, at for, like twenty some percent. She does it a little differently, and it goes up a little bit, but still, it's a very low percentage. She's like, "Fuck it, like print it." And so, basically, it's what she's trying to do. We find out is recreate the heart shaped flower from the first movie that gives uh, Black Panther his strength and his power. Of course. Uh, in the first movie, Killmonger burnt all those flowers, so that's why he's basically T'Challa's in the shape that he's in. So would that be the DNA of the flower then? <sighs> God, you're overanalyzing already. Okay. <laughs> I do have one thing. Like, I thought at the end of the first movie, T'Challa took the heart-shaped herb to come back to life. Like, why would he need it again? Because it gave him cancer. <sighs> I mean. No, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things you don't really know. I, I don't think the heart-shaped flower, like, once you take it, makes you invulnerable to, like, disease and Apparently, sickness. yeah. So, like, but the thought is, is that, like, if he did get sick, that maybe it would have some sort of restorable okay. properties if he took it again. I think that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, they kind of have to ride around his death, which yeah. is tricky. But I think overall they did a pretty good job here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um She's telling the computer to three pre, uh, 3D print the flower. Um, it's it's working on it, but then basically uh, Queen Ramonda, Angela Bassett comes, and like she finds out it's it's too late. Like he flatlined and and he's gone. Um, I will say like uh, this movie very much is both a tri- is a kind of a tribute to Ch- Chadwick Boseman, and like so it is pretty sad in in moments of this movie for yeah. sure. 
like it's a heavy moment uh, movie at times. Um, but they do they they go to the um, I can't remember if they do this right now or a little bit later, but basically the whole Marvel opening credits is a dedication to Chadwick Boseman. Like, yeah, yeah, like it was a, pretty a moment of silence. Yeah, yeah, which I I, I thought was really tastefully done. And um, so now we go. They're having uh, the funeral for T'Challa. And basically, they all dress in white. Uh, you can see this in the trailers. And uh, they, uh, the door Milaj carry his casket uh, down the city streets where everybody's um, in the, the white clothing. Um, and then they bring him to, like, <clears throat> a resting spot. And I thought this was, like... Weird. Kind of weird, but kind of cool, too, is, like, there's there are spaceships that... That they have like basically kind of have the, like the UFO like mm-hmm. abducting people technology. Yeah, the little tractor beam. Yeah. yeah. What I didn't like about it is like you have this whole like ritual ritualistic ceremony. You're like, oh, this is like centuries old or something. <laughs> and well, first it looks like the co- the casket weighs like twenty pounds, and everyone's just like they lift it like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then they they go through this whole ritual and march him down the streets, and they do all this, and then yeah, he gets beamed up into a UFO, and you're like, what the hell was that? I don't know. I, I just thought it felt weird. Well, I mean, uh, Wakandan's identity is kind of wrapped around vibranium and and like their technology. So I think their whole thing is kind of a blend of the old ways yeah. and the blend of the new ways. Like you were talking to me the other day, like why does it make logical sense that they all like fight with spears? Like <laughs> they could probably make vibranium guns or something. It's like okay, I. They probably could, but like uh, the thing that gives Wakandan its identity is kind of that, I guess, mixture of of culture and technology. So, accept it, move on. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Um, but this scene was like effective, it, you know, and it was a. Uh, uh, and so after that, uh, we flash forward to one year later. Um, so now there's a uh, UN meeting. And so if you remember, like, at the end of uh, the original Black Panther, like, uh, Wakanda basically decided that maybe it's time that they share their technology with the world. Um, In this meeting, though, basically, like, there's, like, a guy that represents the United States. There's a woman that uh, represents France. And they're basically, like, you know, where's the sharing? You you know, we expect – we thought you guys were going to kind of – be more sharing with your vibranium and your resources and and everything. And like uh, Angela Bassett has like this this speech where she's like talking about how you know we hear what you guys are whis- whispering. The king is dead. Do you think we're vulnerable? And so they kind of intermix like her talking in with this scene that's happening at the same time, where there's like a Wakandan facility uh, that's being in- infiltrated by. You know, this is interesting. It's infiltrated by these guys with guns, these soldiers, but they never identify him really. Like, I was like wondering, like, are these Americans? I think they were French because at the end she speaks French to them and they all kneel. Oh, okay. She like talks to the French lady. Like, oh, interesting. Okay, Um, but but she basically says like, um, you know, we didn't keep vibranium from you guys because of like its potential for destruction. We kept it from you because of your potential for destruction, you know, um, basically calling out the, you know, the the U.S. and other countries, which I thought was another interesting thing. But basically, these guys, you know, think they're going to easily overrun this facility. But no, we find out it's, it's being protected by the Dora Milaje, and they, like, easily, like, 
beat the shit out of these guys. And then we find out, well, I guess um, this must have happened a little early before this because now they already have these guys, you know, tied up and they bring them into the, the UN room or whatever. Yeah, and they, like, I guess hand them over and they're just like, think of this as, like, uh, our peace offering or whatever, like, you know, our, us saying, okay, you did this once, but we'll forgive it, but you know, never again. Right. Yeah, she basically, yeah, you're right. She kind of threatens, like, if, if something like this happens again, like, we won't be so nice. Right, right. Um, I'm probably skipping over some stuff, but uh, basically back in Wakanda, like, um, uh, Queen, Queen Ramona comes up to Shuri and she's like, I want you to go with me and, like, take off your... Um, she has like these technological beads that come back into place and also some earrings, uh, they can like track her location and stuff. Um, so they go and, uh, basically they're hanging out at the, by this like lake and there's like elephants there and, uh, Ramonda is trying to get, um, oh, and I, it's the one year basically anniversary of T'Challa's death. And so Ramonda takes her, uh, white clothes from the funeral ceremony and burns them. And I guess that's a tradition of like, okay, it's the morning's over. It's time to like, you know, symbolically let go of your grief. Uh, but at that point, Shuri can't really do it. And she's like, you can tell like, she's very still like angry and upset of just the, the way both her brother's death and just kind of the way of the world. Um, oh, I'm realizing I did leave out a very big scene. Um, okay. So before this happened, uh, out in the ocean, there, um, there's like a, I think U.S. ship. Oh, okay. So this happens after that scene with uh, Queen Ramonda warning them not to come back to Wakanda. I think so. So they start like looking in other places for vibranium. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, they uh, there's this ship out in the ocean, and basically, um. Uh, they're um, they located some vibranium on the ocean floor, and they got this device there that'll come into play. That's basically able to detect the vibra- vibranium, which is apparently very hard, and there's no other machine like it. Um, so they have these um, pe- people. They put in pressurized suits, and they put them down there. But when they get to the bottom, basically, they, like they have some uh, lights down there. But they, like, go off, and they're like, "Uh uh-oh. So, like, they were like, okay, we'll get those back online. But, like, we see there's definitely, like, something going on, right? And there's, like, you know, something zooms by, and one of the guys in the pressurized suits is like, what was that, you know? And then we see, like, there's this giant, like, jellyfish. Yeah, and why? (laughs) But, yes, there's a big, like, rare jellyfish. Right, and um, I don't know if the jellyfish is what kills those guys. I think it is. I just figured it was, like, uh, maybe. those people. It could be them, too, yeah. But anyway, like, uh, the people in the suits go flatline. And so, like, um, now the woman on the boat here, I forget her name. She's, like, an actress. Lake Bell. Yeah. Lake Bell, okay. Yeah, I was like, I should know her name. <laughs> yeah, I've seen her in, like, comedies mostly. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was really the only scene she was using. I yeah. I thought maybe they were gonna like she was gonna play a bigger part, but no, it was just like this yeah, scene. So. Um, so like her and like kind of the other like uh, captain of these guys is like kind of in the control room of the ship, and then like um, this noise comes about 
um, it's almost like a siren song, oh, right, yeah. and it starts like making the guys uh, jump off the ship. Um, and so, like Lake Bell's character realizes right away, like, oh, we got to put earplugs in our ears because this is like hypnotizing these guys or whatever. So her and the captain guy go out, and like they're about to like. Well, first of all, the one guy like shoots the gun, which wakes up the last guy that was about to jump off the boat. Um, but then, like, he's instantly, I think, like, speared by, like, one of the bad yeah, guys. Yeah, somebody comes up on deck and kills him. Um, so now, like, um, these, I guess they're, they're not Atlanteans. Um, uh, what's the name of their place? It was, like, Tel... Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Talaka. Talakon. Talakon or something? I'm not sure. I, I would have to watch the movie again to before I remember the name of that place. Um, but it's, like, Tolakon or... Yeah, Tolacon or something like that. Uh, anyway, they come on the boat. Now, this is something I thought was a little weird in this scene. Is like they shoot guns at them, and they basically at first like have no effect. So I'm like, are these guys bulletproof or? Well, they, at first the one big guy comes up, and yeah, they shoot at him multiple times, and it doesn't seem to do anything. I was like, well, I guess you know, impervious to bullets. Right. That's what I thought at first, but then like, so they kill the captain guy. Lake Bell's character runs off, but then like she starts shooting other uh, people, and they seem to not yeah. be impervious to bullets. <laughs> so they're very much getting shot. Well, they get shot, but I didn't see any bodies later. I think they got back up later. Yeah, I didn't know if they died or or if they got back up. I wasn't yeah. quite sure, but they they at least were getting hurt. Yeah. Um, Lake Bell tries to escape on a helicopter, and like they almost get away, but then they're stopped, and they're thrown uh helicopter is thrown into the sea by a shadowy figure that of course we know is is namor but at, right at this moment they keep him in shadows you know okay so now we fast forward back to the scene i i was originally talking about um um so yeah shuri doesn't want to isn't quite ready to burn her like funeral thing uh but right at that moment they're interrupted by namor who uh uh, comes out of their little like lake there, and now we kind of see him. Now, what did you guys think about the the winged feet thing? Yeah, I wasn't sure at first what to think of that. I, I didn't. I was like, that's a design flaw. Like that could easily get <laughs> taken care of. You know? I mean, it is a thing from the comics. Okay, but it is it it looks silly, and and I'm like kind of like biologically, why would he have those? Yeah. Well, how- at first I thought it was like technology driven. But later, it shows that it's not. No, it's definitely biological. I mean, it, it gives them, like, fast movement and stuff. But, like, logically, like, how would small wings like that, like, hold up his body, right? right? Yeah. So, like, a part of me thinks, like, they should have just made him somehow have the ability to just fly. fly. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was a choice. It was a choice. I, and I, I don't know how I feel about it, but whatever. Now, okay, th- this first... Th- this is a little bit of a logic thing to me and or maybe i missed something but basically he tells them um that there's vibranium in the ocean and i think at first like they don't believe him because everything they know tells them that all vibranium is in wakanda right um but he says um that there's a device they made that can detect vibranium it's the only one and like it was made by this one scientist so he's like, we can't have the world knowing about us and the vibranium 
or something like that. So he's like, you bring this scientist to us. Uh, I'll give you this conch, this uh, conch shell you can blow or something, and that'll bring <laughs> the magic you. conch. Yeah, <laughs> magic conch. Um, now this is the thing I don't. So we find out in a bit that Riri Williams. This is how they get her in the story. Um, she's the one that cr- created this device, but it's like the government has possession of it. Do you think their scientists haven't already gone through and learned to replicate it? Are we to believe they can't? And if they couldn't, why wouldn't they have just paid her like a billion dollars to teach them how? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense. That's the part where it falls. The logic falls apart a little well, bit. Another for me. thing, like if they figure out they they apparently know who she is, and like with later scenes, it seems pretty obvious they could have just went and killed her themselves pretty easily. Well, that they kind of explain though, because he wants his people to remain hidden. Yeah, and so if they just went and got her. The cat would be out of the bag, so they want the Wakandans to act to, you know, get her for them. Well, they don't do a great job of that later either. <laughs> yeah, they kind of reveal themselves anyway, um, which we'll get to. But um, so, I mean, I, I guess it covers their tracks in, as far as like you know, not wanting the world to know they exist. But as far as like why they think killing Riri would rid them of the technology of finding vibranium i don't know because there's no way the u.s didn't already like replicate that technology oh yeah but yeah allegedly it's her technology and it's like the only one or whatever um so now i I believe there's a conversation in like the throne room or wakanda where they're like weighing their options and um they decide that they're going to basically um Go get the girl. I think I think they debate debate for a second. Like, would it be worthwhile, like, actually giving her over to him? Um, but I think ultimately, uh, actually, do you guys remember? Yeah, there there was some debate about it because somebody was on one side where they're like, let's, let's just give give her to them. Yeah, like some of the other elders or whatever. Uh, but anyway, um, Ramana tasked um, Okoye with uh, going and retrieving the girl. And Okoye um, asked to bring Shuri along. Uh, Ramonda's against it at first, but, like, Okoye talks her into it and says, like, this will be good for her, you know. Uh, So now we shift over to uh, MIT, um, where Riri, that's where Riri Williams goes to school. Oh, actually, I think, maybe it did explain that thing earlier, because they had, like, her machine for detecting it, but they didn't think it would work. Like, it was unproven technology or something. Oh, so you think they wrote it in as though that was like the first time they turned it on or something like that? They said something like they thought it was like a one in a million chance it would work or something. Okay, so maybe they covered their tracks better than we thought. And then they went to the one place on Earth where it worked perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it detected it. (laughs) It detected it, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess if that was the test run, you could say, well, they didn't know if it was going to work and actually detect it until they turned it on. I had issues with the fact that at the beginning of the movie, they already found the vibranium. Like, I was surprised the U.S. didn't just keep going back to that yeah, land. Yeah, just double down. Yeah, okay. Well, Kill now the we natives. You know where it is. Yeah. yeah, we know where it is. Like, go back for for it at some point. Take I mean, no for an answer. Yeah, that's true. No matter what happens, like, they know where that ship was destroyed. So they know where that vibranium is. And there's no way they're not going to go at least back to that spot yeah. and take that vibranium. Um, so, yeah, I... 
it doesn't there's some of this stuff that I don't know if it totally makes sense but So I guess that like it didn't really show the city there but it must have been close to their city, right? I mean for them to know about the uh the ship taking their vibranium. Well, <laughs> there's a degree of like cuz even he he was like, "Oh, blow on that magical conch and I'll be here swiftly or whatever." And it's like, can he, like, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. One day they're in the United States, and then they hop on their orcas, and like a day later they're in Africa, and you're like, I don't think orcas can swim that fast. I mean, they're good swimmers. They're solid swimmers. You you get the sense that, like, these guys, they just own the ocean, and they can traverse it in no time flat, which doesn't really make sense, but you kind of just got to, like... Well, she said, he like, when he was fighting, when she was trying to shoot him with the ship, and he was in the water at one point. Uh, she said that he was too fast for him to, him to hit in the water. So I guess they're faster in water than they are on land. Yeah, it's weird too because like he's like not the same species as them apparently. So he's fast. Mm-hmm. When we I get to his get to origin, that, yeah. yeah, I have a question about that. Um, I have no answers. Where's <laughs> <laughs> um, some hints? So yeah, Shuri uh, confronts Riri and like. She knows who Shuri is, like the the you know princess of Wakanda or whatever, and um, Shuri tells her that like um, she's in danger or whatever, and like she's like, okay, I just got to go to the bathroom or whatever, and like she was planning on escaping there, but Okoye like was there to rope her back, so like she doesn't like want to go with them uh, at first, but they're like, and then I think Shuri has a line where she's like, well, okay. We can just leave her here where this, like, merman's going to come murder right. you or whatever. Or you can come with us, you know. Um, so she goes with them, but they make a stop at this, like, garage, I guess, that Riri, like, built her shit out of. Yeah, apparently she's got a, a nice workspace. Now, did they mention, like, why they decided to go there? Was Riri, like, did she want her plans or something that she had there? Maybe. She definitely had, like, plans and, like, computers and stuff there. So maybe. Um, but basically, they go there. And uh, not too soon after, we find out that they were followed by, like, the U.S. government. So they're, like, surrounded by the FBI or whoever they are. Um, So, like, um, Riri has a, like, old, like, muscle car there that she said used to belong to her stepdad who passed away. They used to work on cars together. Uh, There's also a motorcycle there. And uh, Riri made, like, a very crude um, Iron Man-type suit. Yeah, pretty much, uh, yeah, redux of Iron Man stuff. Right. Um, so they they escape out of this thing. Okoye uh, takes the car. Um, now, it was originally, like, because Shuri got into the car for a minute, and I think, like, Okoye, like, for her protection, wanted her in the car, but then she, like, ran out and got on the motorcycle or something? Well, I thought they were all going to take the car, and then, yeah, <laughs> they all split up and went different directions. But, yeah, Okoye takes the car, Shuri takes the motorcycle, and, of course, uh, Riri takes the Iron Ironheart uh, suit and flies away. Um, so, yeah, now we get this sequence where the, uh, the FBI are chasing them. Um... <laughs> I thought this... Okay, I got a question for you guys. So, like, they're spears. They're vibranium spears, which, first of all, like, reticulate. So, like, she can hold it like a small thing in her hand and then just, like, you know, expand it outward. Now, so, I don't... 
um, Okoye is in the car. She takes her spear and actually punctures it through the bottom of the car. To the ground. Yes. And then she drives in reverse. Yeah, to get like the the cop car behind her. I was like, that spear, first of all, it should be, it's vibranium, so it should be messing up the ground. But it should also be like, it should be pushing backwards, like out of the car. (laughs) But my question about (laughs) vibranium is, is this just like cut through metal like butter? Or is Okoye like unnaturally strong? Because for her to just like poke it through the bottom yeah. of the car is insane. Well, I think I think it is like butter, but I also think like for her to hold it there while it was grinding against the ground the whole time, <laughs> that took extra strength. That, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Just so <laughs> just so a cop car could do that like little flip off. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was bad. Yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, it makes for like an action scene, but it's I like know. she really uh, planned that one out. She's practiced that one a few times. Yeah, it did. It does seem like some of the Wakanda have like superpowers even though they don't like there's a point yeah. later on where like uh the what's the name from the jabari tribe the, the lead? oh mbaku 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 yeah he he throws somebody like 20 feet yeah i know <laughs> yeah yeah they're definitely like really only the black panther's supposed to have that yeah. kind of strength but it seems like sometimes <laughs> yeah. that everybody does right. um, that was the big guy yeah. yeah, he was a big ass dude though. He's yeah. a big dude, yeah. But twenty feet. <laughs> yeah. um, there, so they detect a a drone in the air that's spying on them. So they're like, "Oh, we got to get rid of that." So Riri goes after that, and like, there's this whole thing where like she has to go so high that her like oxygen's running out. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she does shoot the drone down, but at the same time like loses her oxygen and starts falling. Uh, eventually, like, like she comes to, like, right before she's about to die, you know? <laughs> um, so now they get on this bridge, and, like, they think they're, like, in the clear, but then this, like, hook comes out of nowhere and, like, hooks onto Riri's suit and, like, drags her, like, down to the pavement. And we find out that that's, like, one of the, uh... Uh, I don't even know what to call these guys. <laughs> Underwater yeah, Do they, they have a good name? They're just like the the blue water guys. I mean, I assume they're like the Tanaklins or whatever their yeah. homeland is, Atlanteans, <laughs> basically. But um, Tanakers, <laughs> the Tanakers. Um, um, so yeah, this Tanaker <laughs> grabs her with the, <laughs> the hook. Um, so now, like, um, I'm trying to think. Um, doesn't at one point. Um, oh, it, is it like the cops try to stop them on the bridge and then like th- that drone falls down on them or something like that? God, that would, uh, I don't know. They're defeated. <laughs> They're de- I, I, think, I think she, they capture uh, Shuri because she's like, I'm the princess of uh, Wakanda. I demand to see your, uh, take me to your city, your leader or whatever. Right. But before that, like. Um, they all oh, get wrecked and crashed. A co- yeah, they all. Cr- that's right. That's right. They like the car crashes. They all get crashed, mm. and then um, Okoye like regains her consciousness first, and then the the blue people show up, um, and she starts fighting with one of them. Well, some cops show up too. So like all but one of the blue people like go to like deal I guess deal with the cops. Well, actually, I think Shuri takes out some of them with her spear, but then she likes ends up fighting like the big guy of their group. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's like the middle boss. Yeah. Like he's yeah. the big guy. He's the Mbaku of their tribe. Right. He's he's had some heart shaped herb. He's had a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's made a strong stuff. Um so yeah, they start to fight, but really like that dude's pretty much getting uh the upper hand. 
And eventually, and they usually throughout the movie, they have like these water grenades oh, yeah, that yeah. like explode with a lot of power, but it was basically just like water? Yeah. Yeah, it's a grenade, but then there's like when they break this like a big bunch of water. I mean, I guess there's no shrapnel because otherwise Okoye would be dead. Yeah. It just seems to like blast her out into the ocean or whatever. Although water doesn't compress. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of their, <laughs> okay. a lot of their underwater stuff doesn't like you know it doesn't make normal sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, so now but that th- one guy has to stay moist, so he needs the water grenades. <laughs> um, so now they go to kill Riri, but Shuri steps in and she's like, basically, um, take me to Namor, like at least let us have a discussion or whatever. Oh, now here's a question. So. This first introduction of these two, Shuri uses a um, her technology, her AI, to create a translation program so she can understand them and vice versa or whatever. Oh, okay. But then for the rest of the movie, it seems like everybody just knows the other language, which I'm like... Language is always an issue. I'm like, it was smart to have the translation program, but then why for the rest of the movie does it seem like other people can just talk to these guys in their language? Yeah, I mean, I get sure he's supposed to be, like, really smart, so I figured, like, okay, she catches on quickly to certain words, maybe. But, like, the other people, they seem to be picking up on it, too. Yeah. Well, normal intelligence, you don't pick up on a language. Yeah, it's like, they didn't... Well, that one mountain guy says something to him, he's like, what, you didn't think we had books in the mountains? (laughs) So so apparently they're studying the language. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take me years. Of this newly discovered (laughs) people who live underwater. (laughs) Well, they speak, like, a Yucatan language, I guess. But, I mean, still, it's 400, 500 years old. I don't think people are really speaking that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess it, maybe you could argue that it's like a form of like Spanish or yeah, whatever they. But yeah, I don't know. Um, um, I'm trying there to were f- a few language things also. Like there's a point where um, where uh, Namor comes back to bury his mom, and this guy in Spanish says to him uh, something about you cannot be loved or whatever. Like you're a monster. And somehow Namor understands that and calls himself Noah Moore, <laughs> no more, or whatever. Yeah, the child without love. Yeah. I was like, how do you understand? The guy's speaking Spanish. You never spoke Spanish. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things that's like you could maybe argue like maybe somebody in their tribe maybe yeah. knew it and taught it to them, but you kind of like got to make a leap like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is quite in, in sequence. Um, oh, you know what? I, I am remembering now a scene we left out where, and I forget exactly what led to it, but, um, I think maybe before they went and saw Riri, um, they went and visited, um, Agent Ross, oh, right. who, from the first movie. Yeah, he's the one who led them to Riri. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we need to set that up. Um, so now, um, we go back to what I think is one of the more powerful scenes of the movie. We go back to the Wakandan throne room, and basically Queen Ramonda is mad at Okoye mm-hmm. for losing Shuri and basically fires her. And like Okoye's like plead, like pleading with her, like, please, haven't I, uh, have I not give everything? Like, let me give my life or whatever to try to find her or whatever. And then uh, Angela Bassett has that scene from like the first trailer 
where she like breaks down and she's like, you know, I'm the queen and like my whole family is gone. Like, have I not given everything? And man, that scene and that performance I thought was like really good, like really powerful. Like Angela Bassett like fucking nailed it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and she's just a strong woman, you know, you can, you can get it from her performance. Yeah. I thought that scene was like, whew, that was something. Yeah. Um, so now we go to like the next day in the aftermath of that scene on the bridge, uh, agent Ross, uh, shows up and, um, also, um, what's her name? Defontaine or something. V- Valerie, Valerie Val. Defontaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, um, I was like, what, what, government employee has a purple streak in their hair there's no way you can have a high level government job and people would let you walk around like that <laughs> that's how high she is she don't give a fuck yeah. she's like i'll call him this streak in my hair if i want uh but anyway ross finds the uh the blue beads that of shuri's and he like takes them from the crime scene and um you know what was weird is like uh julia louis dreyfus uh, her character Defontaine or whatever, like kept like really aggressively hitting on <laughs> Agent Ross. Well, I think didn't didn't they say they were like they used to be married? No, I ex? don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I thought there was like a line in there where there was something about him being her ex or something. I might have. If there was, I missed it. But yeah, like she she keeps like aggressively hitting on him. Anyway, like she's like wants him to drive her back to headquarters, which is like eight hours away or something. Um. When he gets back, he uses the bracelet and he uh, talks to Queen Ramonda and kind of tells her the situation or whatever. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember like exactly the details of their conversation, um, but they both know sure he was taken or whatever. So now it's going to be a, a rescue mission. Um, so now... And, and guys, stop me if like you're remembering like something important because I don't, I can't remember every beat of this movie. Uh, but Queen Ramonda goes to Haiti, and we find out that uh, Nakia, um, Lapita Nyong'o's character, um, is now like she's like a teacher there, right? Seems yeah, like it. She's she's yeah, some sort of leadership position for children. Yeah. Do they speak French in Haiti? It sounded like it. Yeah, because she was like bonjour and yeah. to everybody. Um, so basically, she um, tells uh, Nik- Nikia what happened and basically um, wants to employ her services to... Cause, what is she? Is she like a... Did she used to be like a Wakandan yeah. spy? Is that what she was? Yeah, she was a spy before. Okay. Um, so she gets her to to uh, find Shuri. They also have this conversation about how like, um, you know, she's like, why weren't you at the funeral? And she like... Says, like, she wasn't ready for that or something. Um, Ah, boy. So now I think we must uh, go over to um, Shuri and Namor. Yeah. Um, So, like, at first they're just, like... um, in this underwater cave, not, not to this, not to the main city, um, but in this underwater cave. And, um, well, actually she wakes up with Riri first, right? And in that cave and they're like greeted by a person that wants her to put on like a Mm -hmm. ceremonial, like clothing or something. So she does that. And then she meets with Namor 
And I guess this is must be where he tells of his origin, right? Yeah, he does. So apparently, like in the 1500s or something, um, his uh, mother was pregnant with him. And like her um, tribe, they were, their people were like being conquered by the, the Spanish conquistadors mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And um, like the there was a shaman of their tribe. He went underwater and he found this like herb. Now, I guess it's a, I, I thought it was going to be like the same herb as the one that turns them into Black Panther, but it seems like it has like a different quality to it. I I think it it is in a sense, the same herb, like um, it has some of the same capabilities. Like I know, re, I know uh What's her name? The Cherie uses that later on to like get the Black Panther uh, powers out of that that plant. So maybe it's like related in it's some related, way. Related, I think. It is weird. Like the whole. That's one part of these movies that like I'm a little unclear on. It is like the flowers, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think she uses it to recreate the plant that she needs, but I don't think that's like the exact plant she needs though. So she just uses part of its like makeup. Okay. Anyway, the shaman uh, like grinds down this herb and makes like uh, you know a potion out of it, and he's trying to get like I guess they were, they were like a group of survivors that hadn't been like maybe conquered by the Spanish yet, right. um, and he gets them to drink it. Now his mom, who's pregnant with him at the time, like at first she's hesitant because she like doesn't want it to have ill effects on him or you know. But eventually the shaman like convinces her to do it. So like they drink it and they all seemingly like die, but then they come back to life and their skin's all blue. And then they have this whole scene again from the trailer where like she gives underwater birth to him and he's got like, you know, the winged feet and everything. Now, maybe they said it and I missed it, but why are they all blue and he's not? I was unclear of the, of, of that. Maybe it's because he was born with it. I don't know. I mean, I think that's what they're going for is he was different because he was uh, born. But then, like, did he never have kids? Like, I just, I figured there'd be more like him, you know? Yeah, that's true. The other people would have had kids. Like. You'd think if he's hundreds of years old, at some point he would have reproduced. Unless he couldn't. I don't know. Well, I mean, everybody in that tribe took the heart-shaped herb, right? Like, didn't they all, like, in the 1500s or whatever, like, take it together? I think so. Yeah, so I would have thought they'd be more like him. I don't know. Also, I was a little confused because, like, <clears throat> on the bridge scene when they, like, we first really get a glimpse of these guys, they're all wearing, like, you know, things over their ma- our mouth. So I was like, well, can these guys, like, only breathe in water or something? But that's not the case. So I wasn't sure what the things over their mouth do. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I know it helped Shuri breathe in water later on, but... <laughs> yeah, that's another thing is they... Uh, when they took her, they're like, okay, breathe this. And I was like, what is that doing to her? There are things they don't really explain. I guess their technology is like, it works both ways for people who want to breathe from land into water and from <laughs> water into land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't exactly sure. Like, it doesn't give her the ma- uh, magic ability to breathe underwater. Right. Um, but yeah, we get... <clears throat> so then, um, I guess... Like, so him and his people, like, live underwater, but then when his mom grows old and dies, they go back to the mainland to bury her, and, like, basically, uh, the Spanish are still there, they've made everybody slaves, they're, like, whipping them, 
but then like him as a boy and like uh, the other people, um, basically, it looks like conquer the Spanish, right? Well, they just killed those particular At least people. that particular group yeah. there. Yeah, so they kill all those guys, and they bury the mother. And then, like you were referencing, um, there's like this Spanish priest there, yeah. and he's like in uh, Spanish or whatever, um, calls him something that equates to the child without love. Yeah. And I'm not a, I don't know Spanish, but basically, <clears throat> he takes the name Namor from yeah. that. But really, like they call him, his people call him like Cool Kakan or something. Yeah, that's well, basically like, their god, I think. Yeah, Th- that was kind of interesting to me because, like that that priest or whatever, or that that shaman in their tribe who he was like given a message from the god, like to go seek out the herb in the water. Like uh, he had gotten some sort of you know vision or something, so he jumped in the water and right. seeked out the herb. And, like, you would think it's kind of, like, tied to Bast because, like, Bast kind of had that relationship with the people in Wakanda. But they just give Namor the name of the god and just move on from there. They don't even reference that god later on, like, they have a relationship with it or something. Yeah, I actually forgot about that whole... um, Because in the comics, that is a whole thing about Bast and, like... Do they mention him in the first Black Panther movie? Yeah, Bast, yeah. Do they? I couldn't remember. It's been a while since I watched the the original. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, um, so I think now we go back to the present and like um, um, Namor is going to show Shuri their main city, mm-hmm. which again, I can't quite remember the name of Talakon or it's something like that. Um, so they put her in a pressurized suit and they go down and, like, eventually they create, like, this powerful, like, water tunnel that she gets sucked into. Yeah. Um, that, like, brings her into the city. Did he create that? Or is that just, like, are the streams that exist? I, I couldn't quite. I wasn't sure. It looked like he, he was the one who made that. I think uh, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's how they travel so fast in the ocean or whatever. <laughs> he just they opens can, up a jet stream. Yeah, they can create those jet streams <laughs> and, and, and really go. Uh, but, yeah, she goes to this underwater city. <clears throat> And like, uh, what did you guys think aesthetically of the city? Like, did you think it was cool or? I thought it was cool, but it was far away. I, I wish I had seen some of the inside of the city. Like, you know, that's true. Yeah, I'd like to see it actually. How they live now? Were you asleep at this point? I was asleep through the the stuff we just talked about. <laughs> Man, if I would have noticed you were asleep, I would have like elbowed you or something. <clears throat> How do you fall asleep in a movie like this? Because it's boring. <laughs> You missed the backstory. It's boring because you're Oh, asleep. I just got it. <laughs> well, I mean, we're like, how far are we into the movie? And they halfway. They barely even touched on the main conflict. But they're about to get to it. We're at the scene where they get to it. We, we basically get the guy's motivations, and they don't make sense. So uh, yeah, let's jump into that. Well, okay. So <clears throat> him and Shuri um, have, do have a conversation. I don't remember all the details of it. Um well, we find out that vibranium is kind of built into their city, so that's why he's so on edge about them having a vibranium like tracker, because that's going to lead the surface world into their city. Um, so he's like almost um, he wants, I think, Wakanda's uh, help to basically keep keep the surface world at bay, or possibly even team up with them and. Take over the surface world. Yeah, I think. Yeah, basically, he he says you're you're either gonna be our 
you know, our ally or our enemy. Right. Which doesn't make any fucking sense because you're already going to fight the world. Why are you going to add an enemy? This is like the most powerful nation on earth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, why fight the most powerful people when the enemies that you're worried about aren't them? Like- yeah. <laughs> I know. Let's let's split our forces and fight on two fronts. That's, that's always a good uh, military strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's stupid. I, I get like diplomatically trying to get Wakanda on your side because, hey, you have your vibranium. We have vibranium. We should work together. But it's, you know. It's- yeah. He- His methods are uh, not bright. Now, he does seem to think that his nation is powerful enough to take over Wakanda if they have to. So maybe his thought is like, we want to work with you, but if you won't, we'll take over you, we'll take your vibranium, which will give us the upper hand in in taking over the rest of the surface world. I I can see that. But I don't know. I kind of think he has enough power to just defeat anyone else anyway. Yeah, I mean... I don't don't get it. At the beginning, when I saw his soldiers were pretty much bulletproof, I was like, yeah, he's he's won. (laughs) He owns the seas at least, you know? Yeah. They do talk about, don't they, is there a dialogue somewhere, like, he's like, um, we don't want to have to move again? Like, I don't know what the history of his people... Oh, well, because the Spanish made them move the first time. That's true. And then... uh, That will give him some motivation, because he's like, I come from a people that were conquered, and like, they forced us out of our home. And so now... I can understand him being paranoid and stuff, but it's just like, I don't know. Like the strategy Strate- strategically, I don't think. So you can argue that he's not making smart choices, but yeah. maybe that is informed Emotional somewhat. Yeah. yeah, by his emotions. I am not cut. a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But anyway, that's basically what he says. Right. You know, there, there was a brief moment b- before he, the conversation went that way, where it actually looked like him and Shuri were kind of getting along almost yeah, for a second. Yeah, it seemed like they were on the same page. And he even gives her a bracelet, um, uh, which kind of comes into play later in what I think is kind of a weird way. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I could see how he was trying to make, like, a he was trying to forge an alliance. It almost seemed like he was trying to court Shuri there. Yeah. It did kind of seem that way, didn't yeah. it? Um, <clears throat> so now... Um, there's a scene where Ramonda goes, like, to the... On, she's on a beach... And uh, Namor shows up. Now, I may have missed another scene, but I was what what like let him know that like she was there and ready to talk. Well, didn't they tip him off as like a decoy because they got him away from the city so that she could infiltrate and try to get the other two people out? Well, okay. Well, the yeah, the queen's on the beach and like maybe she blew the conch when did? Yeah, I would think she blew the conch. I didn't. See oh, it. that could be like okay. Um, now, Nakia, um, we did leave out a scene where Nakia basically was able to track one of Shuri's earrings to the underwater cave. And so um, she has like this um, kind of like sp- special like little thing that can both fly and go underwater and like help propel her underwater. Um, and she talks to Ramonda. So, yeah, I guess... If, I don't think they show up, but I think you're right. She must have blew the magical conch or something. So Namor shows up, and they have a conversation, and, and Namor basically kind of tells her the same, same thing, thing, like, you're yeah. going to work with us, or we're going to kill you, or, you know. and Because Ramana does threaten to, like, um, tell the world of their mm-hmm. existence, which really, like, I know they took down that drone, but are you telling me, like, 
no camera in that city caught them when they were like fighting on that bridge or riding the giant humpback <laughs> whale. Or right. whatever. It just seems like through, and even like when um, Nakia's tracking them down, like she runs into this old lady that had a interaction with one of them on a beach, which is how she found the. And so it's like, well, if that old lady like had an interaction with one of them, certainly other people throughout the world have had interactions where they've seen some of these people. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be localized to that one part of Mexico, I guess. So maybe they just, they're really secluded. They don't go anywhere. They just stay in the little area. And also, like, okay, they they want to remain uh, a secret or whatever. But what if, it, if the world did know about them and they're like, okay, FYI, I know you want this vibranium down here, but, like, we control the oceans. Like, there's a shit ton of us. And, like, if you fuck with us, like, we control all the the water. In the, you know, I don't think, like, you, you know, just like how they don't, the U.S. and everybody doesn't want to really fuck with Wakanda. I don't think they're going to want to fuck with the undersea Wakanda. Yeah, I mean, he said that there were as many soldiers as there are blades of grass in Wakanda. And if that's true, then I certainly don't, I don't think anybody would want to mess with them. Yeah, if he's telling the truth about that. Yeah. Like... Uh, it's a superpower. They're, they're a super superpower, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically what happens is while uh, him and Ramonda are talking, Nakia infiltrates the cave, and she kills one of the people, and then w- one of the guards, and another female guard takes Shuri captive, and she ends up shooting her too. And um, you could tell, like, Shuri didn't like that, like she murdered these women and even tried to like save the one. Um, so I thought that like added maybe a little bit of depth, um, you know, and at least, at least shows that like, um, you know, maybe Nakia's tactics are a bit extreme, you know? Um, it also showed that like Shuri does empathize with these people. Yeah. Like, there is a soft spot. Right. Um, so yeah, Nakia rescues them, her and Riri takes them to the surface um, so now Namor finds the gu- the dead guard, and now he's pissed, and so now there's this scene where he kind of has a speech to his people and says, like, rise or whatever, like, we're gonna fuck them up, you know? Um, so, god, I feel like I'm missing, I probably am, like, papering over some stuff, but basically, uh, we go back to Wakanda, and, um, <sighs> I think there's a scene or two here, but basically, event- eventually, like, Namor and his people are going to launch an attack. Um, there was one moment here with, like, M'Baku and, like, three other of his tribe. And I swear this must have been, like, a green screen or something. It looked weird. Like, it, the background behind him looked, like, really flat at, at one point. There were a couple of times where I thought things didn't look great. Yeah, there was... It, it, the, the action was definitely uneven. I thought some of it looked pretty good, and other part other yeah. parts looked a little bit CGI weird or something. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, there's this. Uh, they launch an attack, and um, there, there's a scene where that Mbaku guy like goes to hit Namor, and like Namor like crushes his like breaks his staff and then like punches his chest piece and like yeah. busts it open in slow motion and so like we know immediately like he's like you know super strong or whatever um i think um shuri gets in like a uh one of their uh flying crafts or whatever 
and tries to take him out. Um, and they're basically also like flooding this yeah. Wakanda. Yeah, flooding the city. Um, and and basically, Okoye and Nakia like um, are on like they they try to rescue the citizens, mm-hmm. and kind of same with Mbaku. Um, but eventually, Neymar goes to the palace, and um, where Ramonda and Riri are. Ramonda's trying to protect Riri, but then he uses some of his water grenades, <laughs> and it like blows the hole in the palace glass, and then fills it with water. <laughs> fills it with water. So Ramonda and Riri like you know fall down in the water, and Riri like passes out. So Ramonda is trying to save her. Uh, but once Shuri and um, and uh, I guess the Koye and Nakia uh, and once they get to the palace, like they find both uh, Ramonda and Riri, like they didn't quite make it to they made it to the surface, but like they're they're passed out and their heads are underwater. Um, they take them out and they try to use. <laughs> I thought this was weird. Those um, bracelets also act as like a def- defibrillator. Right. Which I thought was a little weird. But yeah, they put them both on their chest. Uh, Riri is saved, but Ramonda they can't save. So like, more death and sadness in, yeah. this, in this movie. Um, but basically... Uh, in, now, this is another questionable decision by Namor. Because he could have probably like forced the issue and like just beat them all here. But he's like, I'll give you a week to, to bury your dead and like make the right choice or whatever. Um, but otherwise, we're gonna kill you. Because basically, they needed time to make like the princess, the queen, and the Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we need some time. I mean, I guess like to your point earlier, like maybe Namor's still thinking like we need some proxies to fight this fight for us rather than us showing ourselves. Right. I I think you're right. Like he's hanging on to that like kind of desperately, I yeah. guess. Um. But yeah, logically, you could say that. He probably should have just like tried to defeat him here, yeah. but he had the upper hand. Yeah. Um. So yeah, now another funeral, uh, Ramonda's uh, funeral. You know, they had the kind of the same ceremony or whatever. There is a scene between Mbaku and her here where like he says like T'Challa like wanted him to look after her, and um, you know, we can tell she's like really kind of angry at the world or whatever. Um. So, yeah, we kind of get um, a scene of them preparing. Um, so, like, they did set this up earlier in the movie where she's building this, like, blue suit uh, that can supposedly, like, you know... Harness the power and make them stronger. And, like, has flight capabilities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we find out she's going to give that suit to Okoye. And Okoye also asks, like... How many of these do you have? Or apparently she has one more that she's going to give to that. Uh, I don't think we talked about it. There's this other woman named Annika. Um, oh, yeah. She uses like these vibranium uh, daggers to kind of set her apart. Um, uh, Riri, she uh, builds a better suit. Uh, we don't get the full glimpse of it here, but we see her like painting parts of it red and, and whatnot. And then Shuri... Now, this is a part that I'm like, I don't know if this makes sense, but she takes the bracelet that Namor gave her because she's like, this grew in like vibranium rich soil. So she gets the idea that she can scan that and somehow uh, use that to fashion 
um, a new heart-shaped plant, Black Panther plant. Did you guys kind of understand the... I didn't understand any of it. I, I think the bracelet was made out of part of the plant. I thought it was made out of part of the plant. I mean, I guess that must be what they're saying. But oh, yeah, it, the strings were made of the plant. Oh, is that what it was? I the think, Strings yeah. of the bracelet. Okay, that... I was just like, how is this, like, hardened <laughs> like, piece of, like, you know, jewelry or whatever you're supposed to give them that? Okay, so it was made... Okay, okay. I can buy that, I guess. Um, so she scans that. You know, eventually, they should, like, explain... Because these plants are kind of mystical, mm-hmm. and they're they're apparently like linked. It makes you wonder, like, is are there other plants that they're eventually going to use? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but anyway, this works. Uh, she's able to scan that and and recreate the Black Panther heart shaped uh, plant. And so then um, she gathers her and Nakia and Riri, and like um, she's going to take. Uh, Shuri is going to take the drink, the potion from the plant or whatever. Did you guys think for a second that maybe they were going to, she was going to give it to Nakia? I, I thought maybe M'Baku or somebody like a big, tough, like at least a warrior, somebody who knows how to fight. Well, from, from the trailers, like I was pretty sure like it looked like a woman mm-hmm. and I kind of figured like Shuri would make the most sense. But at the last minute, I was like, well, maybe they'll go with Nakia, you know. Mm. She would work as well, I guess. Yeah. Well, there was leftover potion, and somebody offered to drink it, but oh, apparently yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> well, yeah, y'all... I would have taken that for sure. <laughs> like, oh, because after she took it, she, like, punched a mannequin through the wall or something. Yeah. Well, you know, that's another theory I kind of had from watching like, the trailer. let's all take this. <laughs> that's another theory I kind of had from watching the trailers is, like, what if it's a misdirect and really, like, a couple of people take it, and there's like, th- th- like we are all black pants, like, <laughs> like Thor, Love and Thunder, like, like what if like Shuri, Nakia, and Mbaku took it? And they're like, well, oh, we got three of black panthers now. There's a whole bunch of black panthers. <laughs> uh, but no, Shuri takes it, and like she goes to the ancestral plane, um, where like she thinks like, well, maybe she'll see her mother or whatever. Uh, but no, she ends up seeing uh, Killmonger uh, from the first movie. And I kind of understood why, like, you know, I, I thought if anybody, it should be T'Challa. She should see, obviously she can't. But yeah. So I think it made sense that it was like a character from the first movie. Yeah. I definitely think her mom should have been the one, but uh, I see why they brought him back. Well, they, they kind of wanted to sew this thing in her character, kind of a doubt in her character of like, you know, and he basically says, are you going to be noble like your brother? Are are you going to actually do, you know, kind of what it takes? Yeah. Are you going to get your hands dirty and do what it takes to protect Wakanda? Yeah. And he, he lays it out. Like, he's like, your ancestors were this, your your father, he would have done it. He would have given up the girl, you know, this and that. He, like, lays out, like, all the scenarios. I never felt like she was conflicted. Really? The whole movie, I thought well, she They was tried conflicted. to set it up, but, like, I never felt it. The only way I would have felt it is like in the end if she, like she she went to the dark side. <laughs> you know, I thought about that. What if they did that? It would have been a ballsy move. I don't think it's a move I would have liked them to do. Um, but it would have been interesting if if she did like. Yeah, I was like, if she goes dark, then uh, they're gonna have to make a part two to this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if she went dark, wouldn't that kind of be an f you to his memory? Yeah, they, they they put a lot of effort into that, and you know, they did. 
pretty classy. Yeah. See, I, I never thought she was going to go to the dark side, but yeah, I thought they either. did at least set up that she was conflicted. So I, I you know, I didn't mind that. Um, yeah, she explained the the conflict in her mind pretty well too. Like when she has a talk with Killmonger, she's like, "It's your fault. He's dead. You destroyed the herb. You're like you, you start under, understanding the reasonings about why she's blaming everybody else for her brother's death." And right. Um, so she comes back, and uh, Nikki is asking like, "Who'd you see?" And like you can tell like she's upset that it was him that she saw. But she, like, punches a suit of armor and it goes flying. So she's like, oh, well, I do have the Black Panther power. Um, and then I think Nakia's like, you're going to need a suit. Um, so we get a thing of her, like, picking out her new, like, Black Panther mask. I think they do, a, like, little glance over of the old Black Panther suit that Chad McBoseman wore. Yeah. Because it looked a lot like his face. Yeah, the first mask. Well, it was weird because, like... It had, like, the mask that looked like the one he did, mm-hmm. and then next to it, it was, like, one of the same color, but, like, a smaller one. that like could, longer, elongated. Yeah, like, you thought would she maybe might, be hers. Yeah. But then later, she can turn hers on and off like Star-Lord, right? <laughs> she just, like, hits a button and, like, it disappears. They did that in the first movie, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's got her new mask. Um, so they all form this plan where to take the battle away from Wakanda... They like all get on this big ship, and they're like, "We're gonna draw them uh, to a battle on the ship to keep them out of Wakanda, basically." Now, I this got questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this was fucking stupid too. This ship was it made out of vibranium? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it. <laughs> well, they eventually kind of fuck it up, but <laughs> yeah. well, I, they they did outfitted it with like some kind of like sonar to like fuck with yeah, the, the yeah. people like under the water equilibrium or whatever All the, the fuck animals it did. under the sea <laughs> right but uh I, I mean this guy's like i'm gonna come back in a week and fight you on your own territory uh oh, why are you like oh i'm gonna go out here in the ocean where he has a huge fucking advantage this is a genius move yeah I, I, I maybe they're concerned about change. protecting their citizens i guess i mean for sure but i don't know yeah i don't know if they have as many people as they have blades of grass, I would not walk into their... Yeah, it's a very questionable uh, decision. Um, now, one thing I, I papered over, you kind of referenced it earlier, though, is her and Riri determine, and I forget exactly how they do it, but they determine that Namor's power is somewhat devi- derived from water, so that if they dehydrate him, it's going to basically take his power away. Yeah, because they figure out, cause, well, he doesn't have the mask, so they figure he must breathe through his skin through some sort of, like, osmosis or something. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, it, so that is that what the other people's masks are doing? Is it's, like, keeping them hydrated with water? Maybe, I don't know. I think that must be it. So so they, like, can't be out of water for too long or something, something. or they have to have those devices to, like, keep the water going th- through their system or something, something like that. yeah. Um, okay, so... It makes you wonder what they did, like, 700 years ago before plastic was invented. But anyway. Now, you guys... Do you think... I mean, their plan basically hinges on that, right? Them taking him down. So do you think maybe the whole, like, them fighting on the boat is, like, they know there's a good chance they might die, but they just need the distraction to get him... I mean, maybe they think they've got a decent shot. They they at least have like the power of surprise on their side, right? Right. Like no, if nobody's gonna be dumb enough to do this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So basically, what they do to get Namor's attention 
is they drop that vibranium detector in the sea again. And um, so they're like, it's detected. And so he's like, where? So they go to it. And right when they get to it, yeah, they they, they have this like sonic noise that comes on. Um, that's like, I guess, on, a, on mounted to the bottom of their ship or whatever. Yeah. And and that's, met, that's fucking with them. Um, and so then um, they call in more reinforcements and start like climbing up the ship. And we kind of get a scene from the trailer again where like the Dora Milaje are, uh, they're on ropes that are held by Ambaku's tribe and they're like scaling down the side of the ship and, and fighting. Uh, Shuri, we get the first taste of her is Black Panther where she kind of scales the side too and starts like ripping up a few of these people. Um, God, I, I kind of forget. Um, also like Riri, uh, we see her Ironheart suit um, and she's got like a gun uh, um, Namor comes up. He's he's flying on his <laughs> on his wings, and he tears through a couple of their aerial ships, smaller ones. Um, doesn't Riri like eventually like shoot her gun at him or something? Probably. I forget exactly what leads to them being able to capture him. Like somehow he gets. They're on a ship, right? Oh. Somehow he gets on their ship. Yeah, he get they get him on a. I think they like lure him onto a ship or something, and like inside that ship are like heaters and dehydrating tools. Yeah, I just forget exactly how they got him on the ship. It's like mm, my moisture. Mm, it's like, sweat in here, man. What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, one, once uh, once they get him on that ship, um, Shuri also gets in there, and they start flying towards the desert. Because um, the whole idea is to to dry him out, and then basically everybody else is left uh, fighting on the ship. Um, uh, like a couple whales bring in even more people, and um, there there's a woman of his tribe that I think he calls Namora, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's like because um, I think she's a character from the comics too. I don't know if she was like his daughter or like a love interest. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, maybe his daughter. They don't. They never say um, if she's related to him in this movie. I'm not sure. Yeah, no. But anyway, she uh, takes the sonic device off of the um, bottom of the ship, and eventually, she also um, like places a bomb that blows that sonic thing up. Um, oh, don't doesn't don't the bad guys try to um, for a minute? Don't they use that like um, siren call again? Oh no, that was in the battle before the yeah. week earlier. They used that, and then like they threw a bomb in the water that stopped they, it or something. Uh, yeah. They did drag this like net with like a bunch of water, <laughs> water grenades <laughs> under the ship. But before that, though, like the Wakandans were kind of like winning. Yeah, yeah, and like it looked like they pretty much turned the tide, and then like they're like, oh yeah, t- let's bring in the big guns, and then like the two flying suits coming on, like. Are these guys bad in cleanup? Why weren't they fighting the whole right, fucking time? That's true. You bring in your big hitters first, man. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, then, yeah. Like, with the water bombs and everything, it, it starts turning the tide the other way again. Because right, that is about where um, um, Okoye and Annika come in with the blue suits, right? Yeah. yeah. The Midnight Angels or whatever they call them. Yeah. I thought those suits should have been black, man. I don't know why they were blue. In the <laughs> comics, they're blue, but uh, they could have made them whatever. Yeah. You know, I will say about the action, anytime that it was like, you know, spear versus spear type action in this movie, I thought it was kind of cut in a way where it never looked very good. It was kind of always like uh, close cuts that didn't last very long. 
Um, and some, sometimes it just like looked like people swinging wildly and didn't, I don't know. It's it's like it wasn't choreographed all that well or something. It just kind of looked. Well, I mean like all the time in all this fighting, all the choreography, you're still, they're also dancing around like, oh, nobody dies on film. <laughs> yeah, there was no blood. That was the one thing. Like yeah. where we're sh- there's a point later on where sure he gets stabbed. Yeah, that is one thing about these MCU movies is they try to keep them kid friendly for the most part. And and you like you said like after the fights there's no like dead bodies laying around like they, yeah. they magically get cleaned up. <laughs> Cuz I mean, I think even with a PG-13 rating, you can have some blood. There's probably limits on it. Like it can't be just like super gory or something. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he could have done with yeah. seeing people get hurt a little bit. You know, there, definitely some people died. So yeah, definitely somebody died. But you never really see it. Um, but yeah, basically the we go back. Um, well, on the ship. So like Namor discovers. Yeah, he's being like they're dehydrated or whatever. But he has a vibranium spear. Which of course cuts through metal like butter. So he starts like stabbing the ship, and the is like, "Yeah, he's gonna like the ship's about to explode <laughs> because he's <laughs> punching a hole in the bottom of it." I'm like, I don't know. It seems like uh, she didn't have to shut off the force field quite as quickly as she did. Yeah, she shut down the the field or whatever and got out to fight him hand to hand. But yeah, that didn't happen when the uh, old girl shoved it through that bottom of that. Charger, whatever in the fuck car that was. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> a million fucking pieces. But basically, they, they end up crashing. They don't quite go out into the desert. They're still kind of close to the shore. Yeah. Um, they start fighting. And, like, at one point, she rips off one of his feet wings. Yeah. So now, <laughs> at that point, I was like... It's biological. <laughs> well, I already figured that. But a part of me is like, well, is that going to grow back? Or is he always going to have be like an awkward flying now? Because he's only got like one. Got to learn to fly with one leg. <laughs> he's just going left the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, they fight. And like you said, eventually he gets the upper hand and actually stabs a spear like all the way through her guts. And of course, like no blood yeah. at all. Um, and then he starts like slowly like crawling back to the ocean because he needs, you know, water. So at this point, um, like she cuts off the end of the spear, gets loose, uh, goes over to him. Um, and then she like, um, I guess sets the ship to explode, which kind of the explosion kind of did it explode or she just like kicked on like the thruster or something. I think she, I think she exploded it. Yeah. (laughs) Which. Seems like it could have potentially hurt her, but well, she like exploded it and like it blew all over his back, and then then she like, oh, I better put my mask up. I was like, maybe you should have done that before you <laughs> right, uh, right, before you push the button. Last second, but yeah, basically the flames like take away the rest of his moisture, I guess, <laughs> and he's prone. So she like puts the the spear to his neck, but it's at this point um, she does have a vision of her mother, and I forget exactly what her mother says in that vision. Um, but it basically sets her to the path where, like, she's not going to kill him. She's going to say that they need to compromise, basically. Um, do you guys remember? Maybe it was at this point. There's a point where I'm like, I don't know if it was necessary, but they kind of replay the whole movie, like scenes from the whole, like a montage of scenes from the whole movie. Yeah, I think it might have been here. 
which I thought was a bit of a weird choice. Oh, but yeah, they, they re-show... Did they show re-show Killmonger talking to her, too? I think so, yeah. They do that in, like, a bunch of other stuff, too, from the earlier in the movie. But, um, but yeah, um, basically, they come to a peace treaty. Um, so we go back to the people fighting on the ship, but then they arrive, they announce, like, their simpatico or whatever and and the 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 battle is over i i i don't know if they were trying to do this i i feel like they were i just think they could have made it like they could have tied it together a little bit more but i think it was a callback to her mom like at the beginning of the movie where she shows strength but like to the americans and the french but then it says you know this is a peace offering you know what i'm doing with these soldiers giving them back to you and you know you attacked us but this will be our peace offering and, like, this is kind of like what Cherie does with Namor. Like, she's like, you attacked us, but I'm letting you go here. This is our peace offering. Sort of okay. Thing. I'd like yeah. to see it come back and bite her in the ass. Yeah, yeah it could. <laughs> He's, he seems unstable. <laughs> I mean, where do you think they go with Namor after this movie? I forget he exists and do something else. I kind of think they'll... No, I don't think this is the last time we see Namor. No, he'll come back. Some... Something's gonna happen, some sort of event in the world or something, and Pro- probably they'll end up teaming together to defeat something so. else. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe this can only be resolved by fighting in water. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody who can swim really fast. <laughs> um, you know, we did leave out one scene, which was um, after she became. Black Panther and got her suit. She did have a scene where they went to M'Baku's tribe mm. and kind of, um, and her and M'Baku had a scene where M'Baku was trying to like kind of talk some sense into her and, and trying to get her to maybe not kill Namor. But at that point, she seemed dead set on it, you know? Yeah. Um, and she even got to the point where she told him, You're going to fight, you know? Tomorrow. Right. Right. Um, so I'm trying to think what all happened in kind of the the wrap up. It seemed, um I know what happened at the very end of the movie. Um but like what happened like right after they win this fight? I'm trying to think. I don't remember anything substantial. Yeah, I think everybody's has There's to another maybe. scene with uh Dreyfus and uh oh boy. She tries to arrest her. Oh yeah, there there was a scene. We probably paved over that at some point, but yeah, we find out that um uh, uh, yeah, she had, she knew he took those beads and she, she had placed a bug on him. So she planned the whole thing and she had been listening in and she basically said his phone call between him and the queen was, was treasonous. So he got arrested. And like, she talks about how, like, she dreams of a world where the U S has all of vibranium. Yeah. She's like kind of evil. Right. You know, she, I think she's going to be one of the people in charge of the Thunderbolts. I, I mean, that. that could be an interesting thing if like. Like she tasked them with like trying to infiltrate like, Wakanda or something. Yeah, get weapons of mass destruction or whatever. Like right. Build up her power and stuff. Um. So then there's a scene at the very end where he's in chains and um he's rescued by Okoye, yeah. and she's like a colonizer in chains. Now I've seen everything or whatever. I was first of all, why does Okoye need him now? He's lost his position as a government. Like you know. He can't help you as a leader now. He's he's got no value. I think more or less they just he was an ally, so they wanted to to save him rather than have him rot away in chains. Oh, that's nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he did, you know, he didn't do much in this movie, but he did at least try to he help them. Him, yeah. yeah. 
Um, you know, you, you figure he's got some knowledge that maybe could help him in the yeah, future. I, I will see him again, I'm sure. I just yeah. wonder what role he's going to play. Um, I feel like I'm definitely leaving something out, but basically the end of the movie oh, is... Riri Williams, she uh, she talks to Shuri. And that's Shuri. right, that scene. So yeah, um, Shuri pulled her, her broken car back out of the ocean and <laughs> basically repaired it back to new. And um, she told her that the... Ironheart suit has to stay yeah. in Wakanda. Um, now, why is that? Did she let her incorporate vibranium into that suit, or like, I, why does she care? I just figure it's like the U.S. government would be like, "Hey, you sent us a person with a weapon like this. Like, why? Why are you? You know, you're you're taking our citizen, providing them with weaponry, and sending them back. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not okay. Maybe I don't know. I'm like, if it doesn't have vibranium, you should just like give it to her. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> um, but basically, um, Nakia invites um, Shuri to go to Haiti, and um, there she basically um, decides to. Um, complete that ritual that um, her mother did where she burns the um, white uh, funeral clothing. Uh, and basically we get this kind of silent, another kind of silent, uh, nice montage to Chadwick Boseman where yeah. we've seen a, bu- we see, uh, a bunch of her memories uh, through scenes of them together in the, the first movie, which is nice. And... Uh, yeah, basically the movie uh, fades to black with her on the beach, kind of uh, thinking about him. Uh, so then uh, we get a mid-credit scene uh, where it picks back up. Uh, she's still on the beach, and um, Nakia shows up with this little kid, and we find out uh, that um, her and uh, T'Challa actually had a child. She was pregnant when she like left years ago or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I think that's basically what she says, right? Okay. Um, like, and, and, well, what I found weird is that, like, apparently, like, she had the baby and, like, T'Challa knew and the mother knew, but they kept it secret from Shuri? Yeah. And I was like, why? I didn't really understand why they kept that a secret from her. I figured they probably just kept, yeah, I figured they kept it a secret from everybody, though. Like, they just didn't want people to know, like, there's a heir out there in the world somewhere. Maybe she isn't good at keeping secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best secret keeper. <laughs> but, you know, I thought it was touching that, you know, they, they gave him a kid and yeah, that was, in a way he lives on, you know. Yeah, yeah uh, it makes me wonder, like, uh, 20 years from now, are we going to be watching this kid? Or are we going to see... Uh, the- <laughs> Maybe, guys, the MCU could go on that yeah. long. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, like how they're gonna write in like the new heart shaped herb for the kid to take. You know? <laughs> it's interesting. Well, we do see that's another scene. Um, is now they have a garden full of those herbs again. I didn't see that. Oh my gosh, I missed that. It was in there. Yeah, they uh, one of those wrap up scenes. Uh, we see um, Shuri has the a new oh. garden full of those okay. uh, plants. Um, so yeah, I was not bored by the film. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was um, fairly well written, and like kind of even the criticisms we had um, about you know some of the oh this doesn't make sense. We at least came up with like oh well okay there's 
somewhat of at least an explanation for for everything we came up against. So I think overall, uh, I think it was pretty solid, uh, solidly written. I think uh, it was a good tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I thought, um, uh, you know, as far as acting, I thought Angela Bassett really stood out. I thought she was great. Um, so um, do you guys have any final thoughts or things we missed before we get into scoring this this movie? No, I just, uh, I'm, I like it. I think it was a good movie, and I'm, curi- I'm happy to see where it goes from here, you know? I'm in. That, well, that's a question. Like, um, where do you think it goes in the future? Do you have any any guesses? I mean, on Namor, I, I really think, like, you have a good point. Like, it could be, like, a team-up in the future. Yeah, because I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't think they're just going to make him... Like a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, there was a scene, um, wrap-up scene with him and that Namora girl where, like, I think she was basically, like, mad at him for... Right. for, for bending the knee to Wakanda. Bending the knee. Um, but then he said it was actually kind of strategic or whatever, you know, he kind of, <laughs> if I didn't, she was going to kill me like a little bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, that is strategic. Like he is the protector of that land. He kind of has to live, but at the same time, like it, he was also explaining that, um, Shuri, like he can sense that she has empathy for their people now. Like Wakanda right. is kind of on their side. He feels like, and he was like, He's a, apparently a, an artist who is like painting a mural of like um, like a, one of their gods and like maybe Bast or like mm. his mural was like of a panther and oh. like one of their people or whatever you know. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right, final round. I'm I'm interesting <laughs> to see this. What would you guys score this movie uh, on a scale of one to ten? Um, it did have like moments where I felt like there's a lot of talking on the faction. That might just be my dumb caveman brain. No, I think I think that's a legit criticism. There there are some um, points like that, but to me, I would almost prefer that because there's some movie where it's like too much action and you're never when the action's going on, you're not involved mm-hmm. with the characters, you know. True. Yeah. And with this movie, you are and you care about them, or at least I did. I think uh, just from just because of that, it gives a it knocks it down a little bit, but I'd give it like a solid seven point eight. All right, six. Wow, I, I'm actually going higher. I'm going to go like eight point four. I, I I thought this was a really solid entry in the MCU. I I uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was well written. I thought it was uh, pretty well directed. Um, um, you know, the the, the only. Things I found a little hinky was a few of the action scenes, like we were talking about. Uh, a few times the action looked a little bit weird, um, but uh, most everything else I, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. So how much of this movie do you think you slept through? <laughs> how much of the things we said were you like, I don't pretty, recall? Pretty this? much the sequence where you were talking about um, uh, the bad guy's backstory. Like I was like, I don't remember that. See, uh, that would have gave you a little more context for him, I think, and maybe... Yeah, it made him more, like... Gave him more depth, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe, but I don't know. Well, I recommend everybody <laughs> seeing uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Especially if you can't sleep. God, can't believe you slept through part of this movie, man. <laughs> um, uh, guys, you got anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I'm done and done. Yeah, I can't really think of it. I had to sit through it two times. Ugh. Wait, what are you talking about? You had to sit through it two <laughs> I times? I had to sit through it, then we had to sit here and talk about it for two hours. <laughs> Time well spent. Yeah. Well, guys, please, please, please let us know in the comments what you thought of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Did you sleep through it? 
or did you enjoy it like me and AJ? And just wait till we make him watch Ant Man and Quantum Mania. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we did get a trailer for that. <laughs> Looks good too. <laughs> I'm very not interested. <laughs> I bet you that one won't be two and a half hours long. Yeah, I, I could be wrong so. though. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, uh, we thank you very, very much for, for listening. Please, if you will, subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and uh, uh, in audio form on your podcast service of choice. Uh, leave us those comments, uh, thumbs up, positive reviews, all that good stuff. And then if you're still uh, <laughs> um, um, in the, the weird Elon Musk-owned Twitter badlands, <laughs> come over and visit us. Uh, guys, where can people find you on Twitter? At a name for this too, and that's the number two. At unsolicited sug, and you can of course find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z A C H J O N E S L I V E, and that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good one.